0: How's it going everybody that's right if you're hearing my voice it is another magical episode of the coven podcast where we discuss all things controversial bubbling up here in the cauldron and man that alt-right's at it again i don't know when they haven't been but they, they sure are doing things, but uh, today we're going to discuss you know what is the alt-right, what are our experiences with, uh, within the alt-right, and um, especially now that it's becoming weirdly mainstream, even though these are very extremist groups with very extreme ideas, we're becoming very familiar with them through mainstream media and uh, other avenues. But I am your host, Daily Wilhelm, The Witch of the Waylinks, and joining me today are two new podcasters.
1: Hello, I am Fraud Wizard Richard Jerkins. He's a fraud. <laughs> Trump voter, a member of the alt right, professional.
0: Right. All all of
2: this is
1: none slash, of this is true.
0: Slash sarcasm, guys. Slash sarcasm. Most of
1: it is not true. I am definitely a fraud, but I am Tanner Kinney.
0: And
2: my name is Jeremy Rogers, the occasionally wandering warlock of BITE.
1: There
0: we go. I dig it. I dig it. So. Uh, This month is Women's History Month, and last month was Black History Month, which I think are great things that we have generally celebrated on this podcast. But what about Men's History Month? What about White History Month? Why don't we have those things?
1: That's an excellent question. What, What I've been told in the past, especially by, like, whatever teachers I've had have been asked this question by people, it's like, their their response is always, White History Month and Men's History Month is every other month, mm-hmm. and that's kind of true. It's also still the months we give to the people, are still Men's History Month and White History Month because we we they're still you know being talked about.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. There is the whole. Uh... Um, Tucker Carlson on Fox News has a segment that he's doing throughout the month of March called Men in America, which totally isn't ironic. I don't know if he meant to do that during Women's History Month or but uh, it was
1: 100 percent intentional.
0: He's talking about different issues that affect men, especially because now uh, women are making up the largest numbers of people graduating with graduate degrees and Ph.D.s and enrolling into medical school and law school. Women are doing great, but what about the men? Women are fine, but what about the men, guys?
2: Oh, so it's just a conservative red pill show.
1: Yeah, it's red, red pilling. Uh, very famous on the internet. The people talk about taking the red pill, uh, who, like the, the men's rights activists.
2: Those guys. The, that, <laughs> the, that
1: great subsection
2: of Reddit. That metaphor created by two trans women.
0: oh my gosh wait a minute so right because the matrix that's where it's like you take the blue pill everything's you you... wake
2: up and this was all a dream
0: you take the red pill
2: and you see just how deep the rabbit hole goes
1: and that rabbit hole is that uh every the media is manipulating you into believing that all men are evil
0: right right because that's the general consensus of the world at the moment clearly while surely there are subsets of people that believe that, but I don't think that it's as broad as the red pillars would like people to believe.
1: No, because the red pillars are, like, crazy people. They're, they're like a lot of extremes, extremists. It's just, like, just like ten people. But because you're on the internet and you're in, like, a small group of people, it's like Flat Earth. The Flat Earthers were probably existed before the internet, but now because they have a platform... And yeah. a place to commune, they they seem like they're bigger in number. But I, I'm pr- I'd like to believe that much like there aren't too many people who believe in flat Earth, there aren't too many people who have fully taken the red pill, if y- if you would say, if they would say, right.
2: Uh, in his book *Stamped from the Beginning*, Ibram Kendi posits that, uh, the reason we have this sort of male white, uh, you know, lean to our history is because when Western thought really started, when Western academia started with, the uh, enlightenment, that was the revolution of ancient Greek thought to the exclusion of all other thinkers. Mm-hmm. And so it was taking certain members of, uh, the ancient Greek academic circle and just saying this is the immutable truth that is, you know, beyond reproach and everything else, uh, maybe we'll consider it.
0: Maybe. maybe, yeah.
2: Which is why we get this white, male-centered view of everything, also mm-hmm. because that just happens to be the demographic that holds the power yeah. in the country.
0: Yeah, academia is very slanted toward uh, those that are held most in esteem in, like, the academic canon are typically white dudes. And part of that is is that women and people of color weren't given the same opportunities toward education and thus able to contribute to academia throughout history and continuing in today, of course. But, uh, yeah, I think... Do you think that asking for, like, White History Month and Men History Month is, like, an actual thing that people are concerned about? Or is it, like, internet trolling?
1: It's probably borderline. Some people are trolling. Some people are serious. Uh, I think, to be fair, we should just, like, you know, if we were being fair, everyone would get their own month, you know? everyone. But then we'd have to, like, only talk about those people in their specific months. Mm -hmm. And is that fair?
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
2: I think it is absolutely, for most people who talk about this, 100% genuine, that they feel that as the U.S. has become more, uh, you know, politically correct, and there's more of a focus on protecting minorities, a lot of people who find themselves in the majority see those protections and those extra efforts being put towards those minority groups, and they say, well. What what about me? What about me? And they see that, you know, people are, they feel abandoned, left behind. And it's not so much that they're being attacked, but they're no longer being helped by people that they view as uh, should-be helpers. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it reminds me a lot of this study, which I can't cite off the top of my head, but it was like analyzing how people perceive who's taking up the most of a conversation. And at the point when women make up a third of a conversation, then men perceive that they are dominating the conversation at that point, even though that's not that's not even at parity at that point.
1: That's true. Yeah. I feel like you're dominating this conversation as I, one third of this podcast. Yo, I'm yeah. the host, so <laughs> so technically you are.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, I think there's definitely those genuine feelings, but a lot of what is happening, I think, right now with like people first addressing the alt right is like, where is it? Like, people are actually taking this seriously, and people are actually just trolling because I think a lot of what winds up happening is people will make these communities and say these like very inflammatory things thinking that it's in jest but then other people come in and take it seriously and it's it's that quote oh i'm gonna get it wrong but it's like um when you like act like a fool then everyone else thinks that they're in good company but even though like you're not actually supposed to be like believing in what you're saying but everyone else does and they think that you're supporting what they're saying via you uh, parroting whatever they're saying. So the alt-right uh, says some very inflammatory things as a whole. Um, what would we define the alt-right by, though? Is it is it extreme conservatism? Is it defined by white nationalism, misogyny, anti-feminism, or any of those other kind of flagship things that they attach to?
2: I would say that the alt-right should primarily be defined by exactly what their name suggests, being an alternative to the mainstream right wing, because it's in that outsider branding that they hold themselves in, that they find their identity, and that they're able to push forward. You know, because if they are a part of the mainstream, if they are the hegemony as they see it, then they're no longer these, you know, Radical people who are speaking truth to power against an unjust establishment.
0: Yeah, revealing the truth that we've all, we're just sheeple and we need
1: to wake up. We've been fooled by the, our teachers in elementary school telling us to be nice to people who you don't exactly know. Uh, we should not do that.
0: They're just part of the, the system, man. Got to break away from the system.
2: Parents should be teaching this to their kids at home. And when parents say, don't talk to strangers, we shouldn't be enabling teachers and the state to be <laughs> usurping those parents' power. Hold up.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, uh, man, the alt-right. I know Um, I generally try to avoid things on the internet to do with the alt-right just because... Anger happens, and I don't have an outlet for that, and I don't want to make anyone else my outlet for that. <laughs> uh, but I know you guys have done some some deep dives uh, into the alt right. Jeremy, you you were researching uh, twelve tabs in to uh, the alt right, and a lot of uh, man, the Daily Stormer.
2: Oh yeah, back the in uh, late. Mid to late August and early September, back when they were getting shut down and shifting from web host to web host. And now Andrew Anglin's out on the lam, uh, evading arrest. Like from the law? Yeah. Dang. And he's the uh, creator of the Daily Stormer. A great resource was the Southern Poverty Law Center and their articles both on Anglin and their Eye of the Stormer articles.
1: That sounds concerning. That definitely does not sound like a good thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I just it it's weird because the couple times that I did ever or go on the like the Wayback Machine in order to access Daily Stormer pages or anything else, it's like it really sounds like just ranting. Like there there's it doesn't get very coherent, especially like there was a the whole thing about how um, the Red Skull from Uh, Captain America is actually the hero and how we really need to pay attention to what he was saying when he was giving his various anti-Semitic speeches about how, you know, Americans need to rise up and make sure that America doesn't become like Poland or like how Germany was before when all the Jews were taking it over, etc. And it's just like you realize, though, like Red Skull isn't the hero of... The comics. He's my
1: hero. (laughs) Oh, no.
0: (laughs) Like, it's just, it's really strange, the things that are kind of cherry-picked and analyzed throughout that. that It is kind of that the the system is trying to tell us something, and we're going beyond it to find the truth.
2: It's really interesting, because when I talk to a lot of people about... I don't talk to a lot of people about the alt right. <laughs> but <laughs> when it comes up in conversation. Wait,
1: you, 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 you you meet you see meet someone on the street, you you wave hello, you're like they're like hey, and you're like, hi, let's talk about the alt-right. Let's talk about st- the the storm what it stormtroopers is it that-
2: Yeah. I mean stormfront,
1: storm that's what it is.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's just come on, let me tell you about the Great Replacement, why it's wrong and why ethno nationalism is a scam. Yeah, no, that's. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't but, worked well on dating sites. Oh
0: no, don't <laughs> But it is, it is crazy that these things have become everyday conversation, like things that seem like they very much should be reserved for like a history class when talking about like people striving for ethno states, and instead that's just become like, oh man, I had to, I had to unfriend this guy because he started posting about, you know, how. You know, they can have their land and we can have ours. And it's like, okay, nope, nope, unfriended, unfollowed, blocked.
2: Yeah, most people think that Breitbart is the alt-right. That's the diet alt-right. That,
1: Bre- Breitbart is relatively normal compared to, like, you go... And I would say that... Uh, am, I, am I allowed to start talking about the non Please do, because right. that's,
0: like, alt-right heavy.
1: <laughs> the, you see, the thing is, is that... And for just just to give some uh, there's a word I was gonna Background? say context Context Yeah of how long I've been following the Donald. The I took a screenshot of a, on a of a post on the Donald on September 13th of 2016. Whew. So that's about how long. Simpler times. That's about how long I've been following and keeping keeping research on my friends on TT T, TD. My friends—they're not my friends.
0: <laughs> what what originally drew you toward studying this particular group?
1: Uh, <laughs> well, I had a—it uh, was my senior year of high school. So first semester, I took government, and the teacher was like hardcore Hillary Clinton supporter. And I'm the kind of person where I like to make people as angry as possible. So I decided that for the rest of his class. I was going to become the thing he did not want to deal with the most, which is a Trump supporter constantly bothering him about it. So I got a Trump shirt. I spent $25 on it at a local oh, uh, at a fair. I got a, a Trump shirt. I did not find a Trump hat. I looked for one. There were none. I was shocked because the year before there were plenty of Trump hats.
0: Yeah, no, they, they became a, a thing, though. I bet you can find one for eBay on like
1: $1,000. Yeah, made in China, of course. Of course. <laughs> first uh, edition. First edition made in China. So the, the media will paint the Donald as like super hard alt-right, like white supremacists kill everyone that isn't white. Mm-hmm. That's surprisingly not most of the Donald. And that was the most shocking thing. Was that, for the most part, because the Donald is still a part of Reddit, mm-hmm. it's, it's more center than you'd think. Really? Yeah. Because uh, a lot of people uh, came to the Donald from Bernie Sanders. Because once Bernie Sanders lost the nomination, and peop- there, there were the uh, DNC leaks, and those could have been from Russia or Seth Rich. You know, people have their their thoughts about mm-hmm. it. The Donald... Of course, believes that Russia is not involved in this. No, Russia can't be. But the thing about it is that because they came from Bernie Sanders, they're they're more liberal right. than you'd imagine. Yeah, and they only supported Donald Trump because they thought that Hillary rigged the election against Mr. Sanders.
2: Right, because Bernie Sanders' dank meme stash totally tanked after he lost the nomination. No, it the, lost the, its, it the, lost the verb. The meme stuck.
1: The stock plummeted. <laughs> the stock crashed. That's probably
2: <laughs> what happened. They migrated. The meme
1: economy. Like, Trump was the hottest meme in 2016. I mean, And yeah, then that's he undeniable. got elected. <laughs> and then we were all like, oh. Oh. Oh, my. So,
2: all the comedians who said, I hope he does get elected so I never run out of content.
0: We're really tired about
1: talking about Donald Trump, guys. We're really tired. We know it was you. He was a very interesting... Well, because... There, one of the things that the Donald loves to post is a post on Twitter where, well, after Trump, it was like in 2011, complained about how the government was operating. Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, if you hate the government so much, why aren't you one for president? And Trump responded by saying, be careful, with an exclamation point. Oh, this no. was in 2011. <laughs> Roughly. I
0: I have read things about, like, people have said that they, like, visited his office back in, like, 2011, 2012, and they would see, like, he would have, like, campaign stuff, like, the designs for which spread out across his desk, and it's like, we knew this was going to happen. We we just weren't prepared.
2: (laughs) Some of that might have been left over from right at the turn of the millennium when he started raising, you know, that possibility. Trump running for president.
1: Mm -hmm. And the weirdest thing about it was back then people wanted him to run for president. That was the strangest part was like I was back. Oh, man. I think it was on Oprah's show or show she had where Trump was on there and Trump was talking about like the economy and how he fixed the government. And and Oprah had said, you should run for president. And 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 when Trump actually like did, because he ran for president before as part of an independent party but then dropped out because independents don't get anything done. Nope. Thank you. Not in his... Thank you, Gary Johnson. Oh, no. <laughs> As a libertarian, thank you, Gary Johnson. Uh... Pretty sure that's
0: who my mom voted for, but like she, she didn't want to tell me who she voted for, and I was like, that's that's why. That's why you don't want to tell me.
1: So, so pe- people wanted Trump to run, run for president for a while because they were like, hey, he's a business guy. What's the worst that could happen? I mean, at that point, well, you had... Bill Clinton. And I mean, Bill Clinton's an okay guy, except yeah. for all the, the rape, possible, alleged rape. Alleged. alleged rape. Alleged. And the definite affair, the 100% real affair. Yeah. That... All of the affairs. We don't. Bill Clinton is an interesting guy. I, re- I read his autobiography. But uh, then you had George Bush and the war on terror and all of that, yeah. all the money.
0: I remember really, I think the common consensus was it can't get worse than Bush. It just it just can't in terms of like the personality of a president and seeming to not be suited for the role. And and yet here we are. But so a lot of the times, of course, we're, we're talking about the alt-right and we get on talking about Donald Trump. But are those two things inherently connected?
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Because the alt-right, because uh, there are members of the alt-right on the Donald. I'm not saying the Donald's entirely liberal because they're not. Yeah have, there are a lot of people on the Donald cuz it's basically at this point it's they see it as the haven for conservatism mm. on r- on Reddit. So you, the alt right sees him as like a beacon of hope for their own ideals even though I doubt Trump himself would like 100% go for yeah get rid of the black people d- deport all the Mexicans
0: yeah. I mean, there's there's the general level of, like, just being, like, uh, insensitive and a little bit racist that we just come to expect from certain generations. And then there's, like, the alt-right where there's the, the ethno-state beliefs and... The the whole, like, eugenics and, like, well, you know, according to genetics, white people are just inherently better.
2: (laughs) Yep, I've got a couple of quotes from uh, Andrew Englin that he wrote on the uh, Daily Stormer. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, yeah.
0: Let's hear Uh, from Englin.
2: All right, so just in the order that you just talked about, (laughs) we've got... why they support Trump, and another thing about uh, genetic superiority. So here's the first quote. Jews, blacks, and lesbians will be leaving America if Trump gets elected, and he's happy about it. That alone is enough reason to put your entire heart and soul into supporting this man. Posted uh, April 26, 2016.
0: Why why lesbians? Why not just gay people, just specifically lesbians?
1: What? Yeah, that's my. I, qu- I thought <laughs> you see, I thought conservative men were more okay with lesbians. To be honest, because they're
0: objects to be because looked they're upon. Objects. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs>
0: that's a really good. Question.
2: But, but that's interesting. No,
1: it's because he it's, he's probably like a gay guy, like closet gay, and he's like, I mean, well, I don't want to deport myself.
0: I mean, we have a uh, Milo di I can't say his Milo Yannopoulos. Okay, it does not look like it sounds like that, but he he's. He's an out gay man, right? Yeah,
1: he he has a, yep. he has a black boyfriend, and he's a Jewish man.
2: And but he, he was says implicated some in a, a scandal where he may have been okay with or participated I in a party that. where there was uh, pedophilia and touching of underage children. Yeah, yeah, yeah there there was yeah.
0: there was some associated quote where it was like kind of like a boys will be boys thing, and it's like men will touch boys. It's just a thing that happens, guys. Stop making a big deal out of it.
1: Yeah,
2: and. That's why we don't see him anymore. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's. I mean, he
1: still shows up sometimes on our favorite place, the Donald. Yeah. Because they love him. Because the Donald can prop him up as like, hey, we have a gay guy. Yeah. Look at him.
0: That's that's. I'm sure that's got to be the like. We're not. We're not homophobic.
2: Like at that one campaign rally. My black friend. (laughs)
0: Look at this. Look at my (laughs) African-American. It's just that, like, he doesn't know when to say black versus African-American, and it's just one of those, like, grandpa things that's just... Oh, no. Oh, no, Donald. But...
2: You've got to give him props. He is the best person in his generation at using Twitter.
1: Yes. He he uses Twitter better than most people I know. Like, he is... His tweets are thorough. He is he has mastered one hundred and forty well, two hundred and eighty characters, I'm sorry. They changed it. Oh my he's he has mastered the art of getting his point across in two hundred and eighty characters.
0: And I mean he's got the biggest platform there is. I mean, even if you don't follow him on Twitter, you're going to see his tweets regardless. It's 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 one of those things. But um I wanted to circle back to Milo because he's kind of branded himself on, like, anti-feminism and that feminism is, quote, cancer. Um, (laughs) What kind... Is it? Is it lung cancer? Is it what kind of cancer, Milo? But it's a cancer to society. Yes. uh, Which I just have so many questions about, especially because I think the the certain brand of feminism that he often eulogizes against is, uh, like, very much the... You know, men are pigs and they're irredeemable and horrible, and women are actually better in every single way. And it doesn't deal with issues that actually, because feminism does address issues that men face. But there's this whole weird divide with like men's rights activists saying very like feminist things, but they think that they're being anti feminist by addressing that. Like the whole thing with, uh, um, Tucker Carlson on the men in America segment it's like technically that's like a feminist thing to talk about like we need to address like that men are being left behind in terms of like mental health awareness and care and you know there's the whole stigma against men being emotional or angry and it's like we that's something that we should address
2: that whole toxic masculinity mess yeah that's, that's that's definitely a mess.
0: That's a mess. That's, I think that's another thing that kind of, for me anyway, really defines the alt-right is like very toxic masculinity where it's like not so much trying to be like the macho alpha male, but like saying that maleness is inherently better.
2: Oh, yeah. Paul Joseph Watson and uh, oh, soy yeah. boys.
1: <laughs> so the soy boy. They, they change their insults all the time. Like I've been following the Donald long enough. Where, because Donald uses all these insults. Like the new one is soy boy. Uh, before they called everyone. Right. They still do. Is that is that a censored word?
0: I don't. Uh, I think it's. <laughs> I think it, it's okay. We'll get,
1: oh, I'll say the. It, right. The, I mean, it is a technical term. term.
0: It is. It is yeah. a term. Yeah. Wait, uh, which inherently suggests that someone is emasculated because someone else is.
2: Because they take pleasure in watching someone else uh, yeah. have sexual relations with their significant others.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah like, uh, they, they definitely call Bernie Sanders a c- all the time.
0: It's just one of those words that becomes meaningless the more you say it. But, but s- explain soy boy.
2: All right. So the interesting thing about soy is that it contains natural estrogens inside in a soy. And so the uh, thing is that, you know, with vegetarianism and veganism... A common substitute for meat products and other animal-based products like milk and eggs is soy-based products. And so that kind of gets associated with the left wing. And when the left wing is ingesting uh, food substitutes that have amounts of estrogen in them, that... Equates to the left are emasculated by feminism, and it's because they ingest soy. The chemicals are turning the liberals into <laughs> feminists. Yeah, they're versus put,
1: they're yeah they're putting they're putting chemicals in the food. It's uh, turning turning the men gay
0: rather than turning the friggin' frogs turn, gay. Turn the
1: friggin' frogs gay.
2: The interesting thing oh, is uh, leftist YouTuber H uh, Bomber Guy, Harris Bomber Guy. Uh, He's there. He did. He's his, on YouTube. He did a YouTube video explaining the soy diet, how it affects testosterone, and he actually went in. Soy contains phytoestrogens. Phyto being the Greek uh, prefix for plant. Because it's a phytoestrogen, it doesn't bond to estrogen receptors and affect us the same way that regular estrogen does in humans. So in effect. Soy does not, you know, feminize men. But do you know what does have estrogen? Do you know what does bond to male estrogen receptors? I don't know. What does? Milk.
0: (gasps) Oh my god. So all these alt-right dudes that are like, I'm more masculine for not drinking soy milk are actually feminizing themselves? In a very low scale and very technical way that doesn't matter whatsoever.
1: <laughs> no, because it barely affects. But yes,
0: <laughs> but yes. yes,
1: but yes, but yes. This is why lactose intolerant males are the most manly. I... This is a fact. <gasps> like... that is not a fact.
0: <laughs> Honestly though it's it is those like weird cherry picked things that I feel like the alt right latches onto in order to decide like what is the the ultimate that everyone should strive for and what is being shunned at certain moments man the alt right so um the alt right has become really in the center of like casual conversation as it is right now in here But should we always, say, equate the alt-right to neo-Nazism, which does share a lot of the same elements? But I feel like there is a scale. But generally, is it okay to be like, this person is associated with the alt-right, this person is
1: a neo-Nazi? I'd say no. Like, surprisingly. Uh, Because the the alt-right, some of them are, like, white supremacists. You know, you got... There, I there are definitely members of neo Nazis who identify with the alt right. Like, there, there's a Venn
0: diagram. There's a
1: Venn diagram, or uh, maybe I don't. Something like that. the The alt right isn't entirely like, hating everything that isn't white male. Some of it is just like hyper conservative. Mm-hmm. So, I mean that that's just in my experience i have i haven't i don't know a lot of like alt-right members in real life because you, you don't thing. tend to run into them yeah <laughs> no
0: that's that's the thing is that it's a very internet born movement because that's so like you can't just bring that up in everyday conversation but what do you what do you think jeremy do you think it's a venn diagram or do you think it's it's just a circle
2: you guys remember fire festival Less.
1: fire that, festival no, yes i had not remember fire that
2: festival. famous music festival on a tropical island that had a bunch of celebrity promoters on social media that promised the world and then everyone arrived there was nothing there but a couple of turkey and cheese sandwiches
0: like fema had to bail them out like it was like no one came. Everyone that said that they were, like, Blink-182 said they were going to go. They bailed. Kylie Jenner promoted it, said she was going to go. She bailed. It was, it was a massive bomb. People, like, sued. People were angry.
2: The lawsuits are still pending against the uh, social media people who are promoting it. Yeah. And so this is my analogy in a roundabout fashion. I think that while not everyone organized the fire Festival, I still think that a lot of people on the alt-right are like the people on social media who are promoting fire Festival to people. It's not so much that they are themselves participating and organizing in the worst of what's going on, but for a lot of these people, it's kind of like a gateway drug for mm-hmm. entering into the ideology.
0: Right. It's it's too associated with neo-Nazism at this point for if if you're participating in it, you, you should just expect to be associated with neo-Nazism at that point.
2: Right. Right. Like uh, for certain certain members of the alt-right have acknowledged the uh, libertarian to alt-right pipeline. Right. Where people want to be uh, counterculture. They feel, you know, empowered by finding the different, not obvious solution to the nation's problems in libertarianism as opposed to the classical uh, two-party structure or beyond in, you know, more serious political philosophy. And then they get further and further down the rabbit hole of, you know, providing more and more enemies for themselves. Oh, the feminists here, the uh, social justice warriors over here, until they back themselves term. into an alt right corner.
0: It's a, it's kind of a, a slippery slope dealio. But if we're talking about Nazis though, like actual confirmed Nazis, is it okay to punch them? Well. <laughs> Tanner, well, your hot take. <laughs> hi.
1: Um Well, uh I would say that if I was if I was going down the street and I, I walk I walk I'm walking in like I'm just like, I'm just like walking through town and in the town square, you have some guy, Richard Jerkins, the real Richard Jerkins. (laughs) And he's up on his podium. He's, he's, he's promoting, like he's got a Kekistani flag behind him. Oh God. Nothing. (laughs) And he's like hardcore promoting, uh, the, the neo-Nazi, like hate rhetoric. Mm-hmm. And he's like going at it. He's like pointing at people. He's yelling at people. He, he's got. He's getting people riled up. And there's like legitimate violence going on, or could be instigated.
0: There's like the tension.
1: There's there's that much tension. Punch that guy. Punch that up on his podium. Knock him off. I don't want to hear him.
0: That reminds me of. Have you guys seen the video of there was this guy uh people documented it on Twitter and they were just like, "Hey, by the way, don't go over here. There's a guy that's just on the uh I think it was Portland, the Portland like public bus system who had a swastika armband and was just walking around and i think I don't know if he was accosting people or saying things, but he was there. he was certainly present and there was a video of someone just knocking him the hell out. Like, it was one punch and he was down.
2: There was, like, an entire, like, trail of pictures from different accounts in Portland at the time. Being like, oh, saw him on the train. Saw him walking down the street. Like, they tracked him down. It's like that, it's
1: like that one terrible TV show. What? Oh, Power of the People or something. It was on CBS. Uh, Voice of the People. It was something stupid. It was a terrible show. But... Uh, Where for people like they crowdsource crime solving, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That doesn't. But here's the thing: is that that guy may have been wearing a swastika on his arm, but he's just like taking the subway. He's like not talking to anyone. So I'd say, if I'm going to like the supermarket, I'm going to buy eggs, and I see Richard Jerkins just like also buying eggs, and he I like I know he's a nazi. Like
0: you've seen him online.
1: But he's just buying eggs. Like I'm not going to I'm not going to go tussle with this guy cuz I don't care. We're both just trying to get home. So and I would and I would say if there was like somebody on like the extreme left who was promoting similar type of violence mm-hmm. against of against people, I would say punch them too if they're promoting violence publicly.
0: Yeah. We're we're going to get to that. We're gonna but get- Jeremy, would you punch a nazi?
2: All right, if if it doesn't seem like there's violence coming, just laugh, because the best way to rob someone of their power of making a point is to render them ridiculous. I disagree with you, Tanner. I'm so sorry. No. Oh,
0: I get it, because, like... Uh, would you take his eggs that he's purchasing
1: You would. You would, and you egg would take him? those eggs, <laughs> slam them on the ground?
2: No, I just... If we're talking about buying eggs there's nothing funny about I don't know why about we're
0: like this specific
2: <laughs> there's nothing funny instance. about that but uh to me direct conflict is exactly what they're looking for they the want last the exactly the last oh. thing they want is for people to view them as a joke and if you can effectively do that like what mel brooks does with a lot of what he makes in his films like in Blazing Saddles when he depicts the KKK <laughs> he makes them an object of ridicule and he makes them uh pitiable almost in how pathetically funny they are same thing for you know the space fascists and space balls
0: oh my gosh yeah <laughs>
1: Well, that's why we need the space force to take down the space we fascists. We need the space force. Space bliss, force, guys.
0: This is very valid. I'm, i I think in my own, just my own personal situation, I would feel compelled to violence, even though I'm not sure if I can properly throw a punch, just because I I've never punched someone before. But i It's hard because I'm very much angered by like their goal a lot of the times or even if it's not the direct goal of neo-Nazis, but regardless, they force other people to live in fear. So I would want them to feel that way. But then that is a cycle of violence that just continues. And I'm just saying that I personally couldn't be the bigger person, and I don't think I would be able to compel myself to laugh at them. But regardless, I think these are all our own personal a, takes i don't think there's it, one direct way to deal with a nazi
2: yeah i'm not talking from yeah. personal experience about laughing at a nazi to their face man you know, that would not, be a story ta- though and i'm not talking about personal experience about seeing richard jerkins at the supermarket
1: yeah because i haven't bought eggs
2: it's just more a person it just seems like a more per- achievable personal fantasy to laugh at someone than to actually win in a fight
0: yeah. Yep. Yeah. Same. And, if, and
1: even if you can't throw a punch, the the hip thing now is to take an edged weapon. Oh, there gosh. there can be an edged weapon everywhere.
0: Oh my gosh! Just mall ninja katana, like. No, you
1: hide razor blades in your baseball cap. Right. And you, you fling it at people. Oh no.
2: Oh, no. Speaking of the alt right, it sounds like we're gonna cut ourselves on all this edge. Please Dang. don't
1: actually stab your friends. Yeah. By the way. Or not your friends.
0: Or yeah, don't don't stab people like be the be the be the bigger person but um but that was a big conversation whether or not it was okay to punch a nazi after a nazi Richard Spencer was punched in the face during an interview on the street and bless that footage bless that footage but uh bless
2: the remixes
0: yes honest there's like the wolfenstein 3 like the new colossus where it's just like a video of that like actual gameplay footage punching richard spencer But um, I think a more relevant question, though, especially post-Charlottesville, is is it okay to expose neo-Nazis on social media? Like if you see someone at an alt-right protest or whatever Charlottesville became, is it okay to post and be like, hey, employer, this is your employee. And they are currently shouting, Jews will not replace us.
1: I think that's fine. If so, like, and again, I would say that for the extreme left as well. If somebody is being hateful in public and you know their employer and you know they're employed somewhere, I wouldn't, like, go out actively cyberstalk this person, you know, yeah. figure out where they work and then Confirmed. end their whole career. Like, that's just – that's going psycho. Don't do that. But if you if you know where – if you actually – if they're, like, a public figure and you know where they work, it's fine to, like, post on social media and be like, hey, um, this guy is doing something suspect. He might not be a bad guy, but I would look into it.
2: Oh, I think it's completely ethical. You're going out in public. You're presenting your own face. There's no expectation of privacy if you're marching in the middle of a street. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead.
0: What if it's uh, it. problematic social media posts? Like you find so and so's account in there retweeting ethno state sympathizing things.
2: Do they have a public privacy setting? Like, are they just showing it to everyone? <laughs> See, they, then, they don't yeah. know how to
1: change it. They don't. <laughs> that then would be the thing, though. it's it? like,
2: incumbent upon them.
1: Because, and, and this has actually happened. Uh, well, the Donald has posted about it. In terms of, like, uh, there have been professors at universities who have posted. Like, there was a guy who, for some reason, he thought it was a good idea to post on Twitter, all I want for Christmas is white genocide. Guys. And uh, the Donald found it. And for, I assume Paul also found it, and they got it to the university, and he got fired for that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's usually the other way around, but there's certainly both sides to consider. Which brings me to Antifa, which stands for antifascism, which I think is redundant, because I think that should just... Fascism isn't cool. Fascism isn't cool. That should just be the general stance. But... Antifa has been kind of defined by it has very like Marxist leanings and it's the it's the protesters in all black that usually will show up to counter protest um, various right leaning protests or have their own protests but uh, regardless it's been associated with uh, the more violent side of when protests turn violent when windows get broken when people are being hit over the head with things etc and um, But there's there's been this whole there's this whole article that I had you guys read about, like, is Antifa just the moral equivalent of neo-Nazism? Is it? Thoughts? Boy. Okay, boy.
2: (laughs) All right. It's right there in the name. Anti-fascist. This is a reactionary group of people. Uh, The alt-right is its own thing that is trying to build steam to accomplish its own Goals to create a new set of governance. Antifa is against that. It's not its own coalesced group. If we were talking about Occupy Wall Street, that was its own ideological front group. Antifa is just the people saying, no, fascists, I don't want you. Uh, There was a great video done by Cody Johnston on Cracked still can't get over how they fired everybody, but uh, about how the media reports on Antifa and the weird equivalencies that they force onto Antifa when they talk about them, that, you know, when Heather Heyer was killed, she was taking part in protests against alt-right people going into minority neighborhoods and uh, intimidating people with threats of violence either ex- explicit and implicit she would under many people's definitions be labeled a part of antifa which is a little bit separate from the black bloc which is the group of people who go into protests who you know march together and disrupt and mm-hmm. often use often destroy property and stuff but she would have been easily lumped in with antifa by most people and their generalized understanding of the group. Yeah. So I think that absolutely not. It's definitely not a moral equivalency. If we get into black block territory, that's when I'm that's when we get into more okay, these people are trying to destroy property, sometimes they hurt people, and they have no problems with getting into clashes with other people. There I think there might be room to talk about a moral equivalency, but even so, it's a reactionary group. In opposition to these violent people advocating genocide, because there is no such thing as a peaceful genocide, no. despite what they, despite what certain people on the alt right say, there is no such thing as a peaceful ethnic cleansing. Just a
0: peaceful murder. Just a just so, a real tranquil murder.
1: It's a it's a, it's a casual casual stabbing.
0: <laughs> casual stabbing with your
1: edged weapon.
0: Right. Right. No,
1: I would actually. I. I I wouldn't say that, because just like just like with the neo Nazis, just like with the alt right, not all of Antifa are going out dressed in black, bashing people over the head with bike locks. Right. But then you have the people dressed in black going counter protesting and then bashing people over the head with bike locks, because there there was one case uh, where somebody like got actually legitimately attacked with a bike lock by an Antifa member who was later identified. Eric Clanton. Uh, I don't remember if he got charged. I think I'm pretty sure he got charged. Definitely got fired because he was a professor.
0: Oh wow, that that's a lot. Of this winds up being in academia. I've noticed. I've I've heard some things like that. But uh, so there is the argument that kind of going along with that. When you're on one extreme (laughs) of a group, it just becomes. The the political spectrum just becomes a circle at that point because then you're just meeting at the same place. You might have very different beliefs, but it's still the same level of extremism. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. It I think it's like the, the horseshoe, hor- theory. horseshoe theory. Yeah, yeah. Where Thank you. one end of the extreme is as bad as the other end, or they're base- they do the same things. And Antifa has like they don't like seeing uh, right wing speakers, and even not like alt right members, like just conservative speakers like uh, Ben Shapiro and uh, Ann Coulter. They want to go speak at Berkeley in California, right, that and then there were huge riots pre- try- preventing them from speaking. Along with Milo, Milo also had protests against him. And you don't violently protest if you're trying to make a point. That doesn't help your group, and it doesn't help like the discussion. Right. And I would also say that too, like in Charlottesville, the Charlottesville riots. Don't violently riot. If you're going to try if you're going to like peacefully protest, that's fine. The marches, they're all fine. I think it's great that people are discussing and they're they're making a statement. But don't bash people over the head with bike locks. Be sensible. Take a baseball bat. No, no. <laughs> wait, wait. To bat
2: the bike locks away. <laughs> to to, to ba- is it self
1: def- their self-defense baseball bats.
0: Right. Right, sure.
2: I personally am not a fan of horseshoe theory just because it's if you look at why it's made, it seems pretty obvious it's there to make people not on these ideological extremes feel better about themselves and to the, feel the that centrists. If, the centrists and that if you move towards one of these extremes, you are automatically doing bad.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I, I know I, a lot I, of
2: uh, leftist thinkers posit something called a fishhook theory, wherein the centrists are more afraid of radical leftists than they are of radical uh, right-wing people, and so they will do more to combat radical leftists and automatically shift towards the right. I'm not saying that that's like supported by academic theory. I'm right. saying that's a I would counter. Model.
1: Yeah, it's not. It may not be supported by academic theory, but I will say that there have been plenty of cases on the Donald, where people will post and they'll like they'll make a self post on Reddit and they'll talk about their story like I was just a normal guy and I went on our politics, which is, uh, should be renamed to D politics, uh, because it's Democratic, Democrats. It's very left leaning on our politics, even though they they're supposed to be. Bias, unbiased, but that's a different story. It's Reddit, can't stop. It's it. It's
0: Reddit, Reddit, Reddit doing
1: Reddit things. So they'll they'll go and they'll post on the Donald. They'll be like, and this could all just be bullshit. It's probably bullshit, but uh, they'll 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 make their post and they'll be like, I was just a normal guy. I was starting a conversation with some guys on our politics, and I was like, you know, Mister Donald President Donald Trump. He's not that bad of a guy. And then I got downvoted and I got banned. And Cheers. now I'm a member of your community and the alt-right. So it does happen. People, people are more afraid of the left, the extreme left, than the extreme
2: right. Right, and obviously I bet you couldn't tell me what the ideological stance was of the people who say, hey, what about fishhook theory? the one that makes left-leaning people seem like everyone else is against them.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
2: You think they were Ron Paul voters? Hmm. Oh, gosh.
0: Ron Paul
2: Paul 2012. You know,
1: Reddit actually loved Ron Paul. Really? They loved him. And the only reason they did is because he wanted to decriminalize marijuana. That's how you get Reddit's vote. Yeah, that's true. That's how you do it. Future Bernie Sanders... Of politics. (laughs) Just say, just Gary Johnson,
2: where did you go wrong?
1: Really, though. He also wanted to (laughs) decriminalize weed. It's just that he was less of a meme. The only meme associated with him
2: is that he didn't know what Aleppo was. Oh, there was the one where in his interviews, Mm -hmm. he would just purposefully, like, just stick his tongue out in the middle of talking and keep going on with his sentences like this, and (laughs) no one could understand (laughs) what he's talking about. again thank you gary johnson
0: <laughs> man i man. it's it's been an, an interesting run from how we where we've gotten to I don't has this the way it's always been in terms of presidential elections probably no. similar probably not on this scale but the, inter- the weirdness happens the,
1: the internet makes pe- the internet makes people more extreme
0: right i i i guess that's that's another question there do you think that if we hadn't had such like polarize because on the internet you can't be i i personally have problems with people who claim to be centrist because usually that doesn't mean that they're actually a centrist usually that means they're they're somewhere they're certainly somewhere and it's not in the center no one's um, truly
1: a centrist no
0: one's truly a centrist especially in terms of like you can't be c- centrist on certain issues like in terms of like preventing like violence against people of color you can't be like I'm kind of for
1: yes, you people see, not getting murdered. <laughs> I'm kind of for uh, <laughs> not killing people.
0: But what not entirely. People
1: only kind of got married. Well, we, should, we should find a compromise.
0: There needs to be a compromise. But on the internet, there is no compromise. You're either on one or the other, I feel like. So do you think that the internet has led to such a polarized political environment that we're in right now?
1: Polarization gets clicks. True. you go extreme you get likes you get clicks you get people like following you
0: i mean we're talking about both <laughs> what, extremes right now what, what are we
1: doing we're <laughs> contributing to this like comment subscribe please
2: <laughs> hit the bell icon for notifications
0: the bell. i love, i love that new extra bonus aside from smash that like button it's also make sure to ding that bell
2: there's an interesting article from the atlantic just a few days ago about how uh it said the title of the article is youtube extremism and the long tail and it's all about how the more options people have to uh choose from in the media that they consume the more they realize hey I'm not just the cookie cutter mainstream that gets marketed to all the time. I have unique tastes.
1: <laughs> I am a unique individual, just like everyone else.
2: <laughs> exactly. And so, with YouTube and this seemingly unlimited store of different options that you can choose for, you can find the niche that fits you perfectly. And then, when you get into that niche, you don't. The definition of the niche is that. It's populated by like minded people. And so you get into a little bit of a bubble. It's
1: like flat yeah. earth. It's like I was saying earlier. Everyone's, with flat everyone's
0: believing it around you, so it must be true. Yeah. That's that's what we talked about on the last episode of The Coven is like uh creating a echo chamber via unfollowing people on social media, which I have various stances on because I think at some point you, you gotta unfriend Uncle Gary who's posting about like how the Asians are going to take over everything or some other I variation mean. thereof. I know, I, I just picked <laughs> a, I
1: picked an ethnic group. Well, people don't talk about the Asians. That's the real crime. That's, no one
0: cares wake about up, Asians. Sheeple.
1: <laughs> wake up, sheeple. But,
0: man, yeah, I, I think the internet does a many wonderful things, but it certainly... Creates these niches, like you said, that people then populate, and then they go out into the real world and they take that niche with them. And interesting things happen, like our last election. That's interesting true. things.
2: It's called the Internet of Things, not the Internet of Good Things. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's true. The, the
0: Internet. But this has been a very interesting episode wherein we discussed whether or not it's okay to punch Nazis and uh, whether or not we we need to have we need to advocate for more history months. Everyone gets a history month, but especially white dudes get a history month.
2: Because you get a history month. You, you get, get a history month. you get a history
1: month. Oprah gets a history month. Can we get history Can we just get history days for all the different kinds of people? There we I, go. I want my history day. We need
0: we need It has to be a leap year though cuz we need that extra day probably for I,
1: everyone. I want I want I want a, I want, a uh, I want the leap year day to be my day and it'll be for 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 like For fat, chinless manlets.
0: I hate putting let at the end of any word. Although maybe that's now what we would do to like call like a neo Nazi a neo Nazi let, which then belittles them, which is the one tactic you brought up.
2: The little fashlets. The little
1: Fashlets (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, we, we have our title, but uh, thank you guys for joining us as we discussed Little Fashlets. Little uh, Fashlets. <laughs> I have been your host, Daily Wilhelm, the Witch of the Wadlings. Joining me today was... I, th-
1: I don't remember what I said. Richard Jerkins, professional fraud, Tanner Kinney.
0: Nice.
2: And the occasional wandering warlock of bite jeremy rogers
0: thank you guys for joining us you can listen to all our podcasts here at bitebsu.com or over on itunes slash soundcloud at the ball state daily we're on twitter we're on instagram we're on youtube and we're on facebook all at ByteBSU. so be sure to smash that like button ding that and bell. ding that bell guys thanks for joining us